Morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. How are you doing this morning? I am so much better. <laughs> better than what? There you go, better than what? That was a good lead-in line. Uh, better than I was uh, last night when I got home. Mm. Was it last night? Yeah, it was about 2, was it? 2 yesterday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Yes. Uh, night before last. Last night you were home early. Yeah, that's what I meant, though. I got home about 2 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you yes. were right. Yeah. What would you, uh, what are you, are you out running around? Oh, yeah. Oh, running, walking a lot. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I had walked or maybe hadn't walked that much um, since wedding season was open before, and now we've started another one. We put in a long day, about 13 hours, the day before, uh, walking on concrete. First time I'd had heels on in about uh, maybe two, three years, and uh, we had to kind of dress up a little bit in uh, one spot of our work on Friday. And uh, so walking on heels certainly makes a difference also than working on sneakers. So anyway, so we got up, I did, and uh, got to bed at, I'd say, about 2.30. Got up at 4.30 and headed off for... Um, the, another session of the same wedding. This time it was at the Biltmore, and it was a pool party. And I thought, this one's going to be a snap. There's not too much, but didn't realize all the uh, things besides linens and things like that that they had in this wedding. I mean, we had an enormous pool. About three swimming pools put together is what you can imagine in your mind to see how large it was. And we had, I guess, maybe 30, 40 floating rubber th things, like inner tubes, but they were more elaborate. Like one of them was shaped like a big diamond ring and um, a lot of beer floaties going around with ice-down beer floating around in them. and Custom-made uh, uh, pool floats? Oh, well, I don't think they were custom-made. They were just a lot that I hadn't seen before. Uh, just whatever you can imagine. They had, I guess, what looked like a big green leaf, only it was about five feet long and about four feet wide, and it was floating. Uh, just anything that you can imagine you could blow up and throw in the water. But it was really nice. But it was very, very humid yesterday. I mean, superhuman, where it was almost like being Southern Illinois, where, you know, you just stand and your body is just wet, your face is wet, you're just, you can't breathe, and um, on concrete again. And um, this time we were probably on flip-flops, <clears throat> so that wasn't good for your feet. And I never did sit down and um, got to the point yesterday, the first time I'd ever gotten to the point where I didn't eat something that something was offered to me. Mm. <laughs> Everyone kept saying, Evelyn, you need something to eat. And it was so hot and I never drink water. And I mean, I went through three bottles of water and nothing flat. Mm -hmm. And then the thought of eating food just, I would keep thinking I probably need to eat something. And it just 
the thought in my mind was, if I eat something, I'm going to be sick. Mm-hmm. It's not going to agree with me. So I thought, that was unusual. And um, so finally, um, Samantha asked if uh, I wanted to, I could go home. Um, I wasn't on the uh, cleanup shift this time. And so um, I took her up on it. I said, I think I will. And I remember I went and got in the car, and I took off my shoes because my feet were hurting so bad. And um, on the way home, my, I guess, feet ate from about your toes in about three or four inches to where they were cramping up. And at one time, I had to take my right foot, because it was cramping so bad, remove it from the gas fee, and I put my my left foot on the gas feet and tried to drive that way, and well, that wasn't working. I thought, I'm going to kill somebody because you would push too fast and too slow. It was like there was some drunk on the road, and I thought, I'm going to get in trouble. So I thought, okay, Evelyn, hello, there is cruise control. So I put on cruise control and made sure that then, then I could work my feet back and forth, and they ached so bad. It was just <laughs> insane. And I thought, I'm afraid I'll go to sleep. And I thought, no, I'm not sleepy, except just as I hit the road, brown road, to get off on our exit, all of a sudden I thought, when we come around the um, old age home up here on the corner, I thought, oh, man, I could go to sleep and just at a boom, because I'd only had two hours at the most. And uh, I pulled in and parked, and now it was about two in the afternoon. And when I got out of the car and tried to take the first step, it was like, what happened to my legs? And I guess all of a sudden, with all the standing on the concrete, all the many, many miles I had to have walked in the last two days, I thought, Man, they had set in. They had. My mind knew that I should come home yesterday because it, they weren't working to. And I remember coming in and sitting down and getting something to drink and uh, a little bite of something. I don't know what it was even. And um, was talking to you. And I remember pulling back my chair, my lazy boy chair, into the wonderful reclining position. And hearing you say something, and that's the last I remember. I mean, I was gone, gone. And what did I do? Sleep for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I think you woke me up and said, uh, I've got dinner ready. Do you want dinner? And I said, Sure, I'll be right there. And I don't remember anything. Two hours later. I don't remember anything after that. And then finally, I think I must uh, <clears throat> gotten up or you said something to me again and I said oh is it time to eat and you said well I've already eaten but yours is still here and then I thought oh darn because I don't require that much sleep and I thought I will not sleep tonight and I do hate more than anything in the world tossing nights where you can't sleep and so you said okay you said you put the puppies to bed and I'll I'll get up with them and I thought oh that sounds good so I did our daily routine or nightly routine with the pups and did everything, and I put them up. And I've noticed that after I put them in their beds, if I just sit in here for a little bit, then they get to sleep, and you can turn out the lights and leave, and they're already in their 
dream zone, you know. Mm. So I sit here for a minute and uh, watched a little TV and then got up and went in and got in bed. And I thought, okay, now I'm just... Relax. You've already been to sleep once, so your body's probably and your mind's going to be relaxed. I thought maybe I better play a little game on my phone. And next thing, I woke up at six o'clock and I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'd had so much water, and it was very quiet in here. And I went back to sleep. And I went back in there. I thought I won't go back to sleep. And I thought I shouldn't. I should get up. And um, two hours later. I got up, and then when I got up to walk into uh, the kitchen here, my legs would not, I mean, from my heels up to the back of my hips, it was like, oh, my gosh, I am out of shape. You're talking about activity with Revel Wedding Company, the largest wedding company in Arizona, owned by our daughter, Samantha. And you are a prime employee. How long are you going to do this, woman? Mm, maybe another day. <laughs> maybe another day or two. No, I think it's just that we, you always have the break, and then it's hard to kind of, it takes you a couple of weddings to get back into it. But this year we had a break, and then wedding season started, but we, Sam rescheduled a bunch of stuff a little differently than she had uh, the years before. And so we had a little more time off, which was really been perfect on her part um, to get the kids settled in school and, and you know, get back. You have to get in a, a little routine to make sure everything is working and you get everything done. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it, I'll tell you what, though, I did say, someone asked me uh, why I did this. I think it was Friday night, some some member of the wedding party, you know, said, you know, do you enjoy this, and working with Sam? And I said, oh, yeah, I said, I enjoy it very much. I enjoy seeing things come together. And um, I said, I'm afraid if I wasn't doing this that I probably wouldn't be able to walk across the yard or go do anything or mm. if if you don't keep it moving because that's what my mom and dad used to say all the time said you know you um something you lose it what does it say if you don't use it yeah. you lose it if you don't use it you lose it i knew that's what that was mm-hmm. and uh oh i think I think that is so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you don't have to try to kill yourself so you won't lose it. Uh, but I would suggest anybody keep moving, mm-hmm. keep moving. Yeah, the uh, eighty. How many? How many boxes of uh, linens were there? Forty. Forty boxes. Thirty-five. Thir- Remember, there were thirty-four, and we were missing one. Yeah. And today is just the day before the wedding. Finally, one of them came in. Yeah. yeah. Thirty. Four boxes of linens that weigh eighty pounds a piece, oh. and I moved those, carried those three different times because they had to end up in the uh, U-Haul. And you were miraculous because you had gone in and and uh, identified the uh, linens that you needed at the wedding site 
last, and that's what we put into the uh, U-Haul first. So you had everything sequenced in the U-Haul so that they could work right out. Did it work good? Uh, I think it did um, because um, Sam kept saying, well, we're, when we get everything together, we're she was going to meet, wasn't it, Ivana, uh, and uh, get... Uh, Everything sorted out the next morning. Remember, I think we were kind of snickering about that. Um, and so they found out that they had already been done, and they couldn't believe that we had done it because they were going to do it. So I'm not I couldn't sure. believe it either because it's 115 degrees inside that U-Haul. I know, but uh, it just helps, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially because you don't like to walk around dripping wet, you know, mm-hmm. in front of your wedding party and the wedding guests and everything so yes well it uh you know it physically it was very good for me because uh i need that kind of activity to keep going because in 2016 whenever i moved over here i was really in bad shape i was strung out on statin for my cholesterol and i couldn't walk i couldn't move i couldn't do anything and uh, got off that and got another medicine and uh, uh, and these kinds of activities where we exert and really extend ourselves is uh, very beneficial, I think, to the overall long haul. Because uh, I'm not ready to check it in yet. Oh, no, me either. Me either. <laughs> I was, uh, we were talking a while ago as we were watching our, one of our favorite programs on TV and that's Sunday morning. And... Uh, I guess it's just Sunday morning with CBS. Yeah, CBS Sunday morning, yeah. to be exact. And um, they change names every once in a while, so I never know what it is. But anyway, um, they always have people who have passed. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I said, did you notice how many people are in their 80s? You, know, you said, oh, yes. And I said, but Joe, I mean early 80s, like 80. <laughs> And 82 and 83, I see people are dropping like flies. I thought, man, I am not ready for that. Well, they had a feature on uh, Pat Leahy, senator from uh, Vermont. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, this guy's ancient, you know, and 82 years old. Yeah, 82. You know, I'm a year older than he is. Oh. And I I have to ask you the honest question now. Oh, I'm afraid. What? <laughs> Do I look as old as he looked? Honey, baby sweetheart, no. You look just like you did 150 years ago when I first met you. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> CBS Sunday morning. Um, there was a statement in there, and I thought about you and your farm. Uh, the old farmer says, it wasn't my fault that the farm failed but it happened under my watch. Same thing. Same thing. I, you know, it almost chokes me up. Uh, yeah, especially this farm had been in their lives for, and yeah, in their family for what was it, a century? Mm-hmm. A century. My gosh, you know, you say a couple of decades or something, but uh, a century? And now because of something, and it was still a thriving business, but because it was not something that they even knew about or had anything to do with, and now it's over. 
it's over. And I would think, and for people that we haven't told them what it was, it was about something P E T S. It's the uh, forever chemical that uh, is causing all the diseases and all the illnesses, not diseases, but all the illnesses. And uh, yeah, it has uh, three. It's like three letters, yeah, yeah, and uh, it it comes from a, a variety of different things. It was first introduced in Teflon skillets, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, that that substance has uh, gone nationwide. And they say there's a bit of uh, a bit of it in every person on the earth. Yeah, well, to come to find out that it, it was in all this wastewater, and the wastewater had gotten into uh, worked its way into the farm ground, and then the cows then were eating this, and it ended up they would just test them just to see, and so now they still have this herd of cows, and they still have to milk them every day, which takes a long, you know. They always, my dad always said, uh, I don't want to have a milk cow because you got to be there morning and night. And he liked to go and show his horses once in a while and be gone a couple of days. And so he didn't, he didn't like to do that. But these people, the heartbreaking thing I think would be to me is they are milking their cows and then they are throwing it away, not throwing it away because that would just be still moving it down the road. They are putting it in containers to have shipped off to be disposed of some way. That's got to be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. So You want me to tell my story for the thousandth time about uh, <clears throat> getting up at 5 o'clock and no. milking two cows every morning and every night? You, you want me to tell that story for the thousandth time? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. They remember it out there. Yeah. Well, I hope so. That's because... right, honey. If you want to tell it, you tell it. No. Well, this the is fact, your program. You tell it. The fact is, this is your program, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell it. No. Uh, the fact is. There was a statement, uh, Chris Everett, the tennis mm. player. Mm-hmm. She said that they asked her uh, why she won so many turn- tournaments uh, and so many matches, and she said she wanted it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I uh, didn't first, if you would just put her face up on the screen, I could tell you that something was familiar about her eyes, but I did not recognize her. But I remember then when they were showing her pictures when she was um, uh, a tennis player uh, because there was some, cause she was so cute. I mean, she was adorable looking, really beautiful. And there was something about, and I wanted to check it out, um, I think her and a player, another tennis great, uh, got together and got married. And there was always some, you know, a lot of press about all that. And I wanted to check and see who it was. It was someone very famous and that played tennis, a guy, but I can't remember his name. But, um, yes, it was um, heartbreaking. Her story about cancer was heartbreaking, too. But I saw, I did something this morning. I get up and, and while you were uh, fixing your breakfast, I was checking out my, um, um, everything on my phone, see what was going on in the world. And, and all these reels, we have reels now, and I'm a fool for those because they're, you know, 
30 seconds if they're that long and you, and you can I can get hooked on them and next thing I know an hour's passing them I'm still reading them. they had one on Garth Brooks who just happens to be one of my favorite people in the whole world and he was doing a charity not a charity he was doing a concert and uh, he has his famous song uh, the dance and people love that and he usually ends up his concerts with that song so while he's out on the stage playing this song and starting it out and everyone, and he kind of almost lets the audience sing it. He kind of just guides them along and keeps the rhythm going and, and so back and forth. And all of a sudden, the camera caught this sign that a lady was holding up about two, three rows in from the stage. And I would say it was about a two-foot by two-foot sign, and it said... Chemo treatment this morning, Garth Brooks tonight. And she was holding it up. And then you saw he was walking up and down the stage, talking to people, and every once in a while he'd stop and lift his eyes up because he was listening to them to sing back, which must be wonderful to hear thousands of people singing your song and it coming back to you. And so he was walking along, and he kind of looked down, and he was still playing and singing and saw that lady. And he went over to the edge and he was still looking at her reading her sign and pretty soon he sat down on the edge of the stage and he was playing then and he leaned over and got closer to her and people noticed what he was doing so the first two people in the rows kind of backed up and let her walk forward and he kept playing and he was singing to her and the next thing, he just kind of stopped, and he looked at her, and he took and did the strap off of his guitar, and he took his hat off, and he took that guitar, and he handed it to her, and I'm going to cry now, and he gave it to her. And and she and you knew she and she looked like an older lady, and she had her head all done up in what I call a do rag that we all wear when we lose our hair, you know, because we're ashamed of it and you think we look awful, but we all wear them anyway. And uh, he kissed her uh, on the cheek, and then he came back and he said a little bit more, and he reached in, he, I'm going to cry, I reached and grabbed her hand, and uh, then that was uh, the end of the song, and he got up, and of course they were, people were going crazy and clapping and everything, and he took off his hat, because he had his hat on, put it down his side, and um, looked up. And I know he was saying a prayer, because um, you could just tell. And he was, you know, tears were streaming down his face, and um, the crowd was going crazy. And finally, he just put his hat back on and turned around and waved everybody and walked off to the stage. And I'm sitting here bawling my eyes out because I thought, oh my gosh, that was so, and he's just that way. He's a special person. Very talented, too. What was it, 2000 when you had breast cancer and went through that? 2001. 2001. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I'm going to have a um, something special on my birthday this year. Something I've always wanted to do since about 2007 and always been afraid to do. Uh, I'll let our extremely large audience here try to figure it out. But uh, I'm going to have it done in about two weeks. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I'll come back and give everybody a full report Mm. if I didn't die from it. (laughs) You will show it to them on Facebook? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) On reels, yeah. Yeah, I did on reels. You'll you'll take a reels of it and do it. Yeah. Well, I remember the day you had your hair shaved. Yes, yes. Yes, I remember you cut some of it for me because I, no, yeah, yeah. I re- I remember how I lost it and didn't realize it. I remember it probably, but the first time I remember my first chemo treatment, I got it so that I, I we were getting ready to go home for Christmas, and so I asked them. I said, okay, if I take my first treatment, you know, do you think I can fly to Illinois and come back in time to get the next one? And they said, yes, because the first one, you probably don't have too much reaction to it. So <clears throat> I did have the treatment, and I came back to Illinois. And then I had Christmas and everything with everyone, which was a great Christmas. And then we flew back to San Diego. And I remember sitting in the living room one night watching TV with you. And my head was kind of itching. And so I was just scratching my hair and pretty soon I run my hand through it. And I just happened to always look at my hand to see if I'm losing any hair. And I, oh, there was two, three hair. And usually there are little pieces of hair in your hands. And these were kind of like long ones. And so I just reached over and I had a Kleenex box sitting next to me. And I remember putting that in my lap. And so I must have been watching this really good movie because I just kept working it. And then I... Wouldn't even look down at my hands. I'd just kind of shake them off. And then I would just, I did that for about 20 or 30 minutes. And then it must have been a commercial or something. And I said something to you, and I looked down and I went, Oh my gosh, I had a Kleenex on my lap and it was piled full of hair. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, this is what they were talking about. And when I got up, I just had like, pieces here and there of long hair and I thought that you had cut them off for me a little bit Mm -hmm. but then when Sam came home uh, I told her I trimmed she shaved (laughs) she shaved she had the electric (coughs) clippers and she and she shaved it off and I remember I see a picture in, in my mind now of her sitting beside of me and me looking into a mirror and saying oh my gosh I never thought I looked like my dad, mm-hmm. but I mean, there said Roy Payne. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You think I felt living and I sleeping know. with Roy, Roy Payne? Payne? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would say uh, whatever the word is. <laughs> yeah, intimidated. <laughs> frightening. Yeah, frightening and intimidating. Yeah, well, we had all kinds of topics we were going to talk about today, and oh. uh, from the CBS Sunday Morning Show. Uh, the one thing I did want to ask you is uh, Chris Edward, Chris Ed- Edwards, Chris Edwards. Is he mm-hmm. Chris Edwards, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, I think. And her sister both had cancer. Yeah. And they had the BRA, BRCCA gene, uh-huh. the BRAC gene. Yeah. Uh, you heard of it? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if I have it. But I probably do. Chelsea has, because she had uh, cancer, and they went in and they 
asked her if she wanted to check, and she said yes, because it's something that you pass on. And uh, it means that you're more susceptible to getting cancer probably again. And um, so that was very um, important in Chelsea's diagnosis and what kind of treatment that she had done. So I have heard about it. Uh, I don't think I know. Chelsea asked me not too long ago if Sam had ever been checked for that gene. And I thought she had. But again, I think probably not. Probably not. Got to end on a happy note. My Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> well, babe, uh, I hate to... I, I don't even want to say this, that yours are not Birkenstock because you would not give that much money for a pair of Birkenstocks. But yes, uh, it... How much are they? Oh, $100 for a cheap pair? No, 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 no. The $2,000 for the cheapest pair. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. I mean, you can afford a pair, but they're going to be bare kind. Well, um, we got ours at uh, Birkenstock Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Birken, Birken Walmart stock. Yeah. And uh, I think it was, what, 1995 or I something think, like and that. I think they're honestly the nicest pair that you've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Well, uh that Birkenstock, the sandals they make, they sell 80,000 of those, or they manufacture 80,000 mm. of those a day. You know what is sad, though, is that um, they have knockoffs, yeah. you know, uh, and people buy them. And people that don't know and just buy them, they do look just like some of the others. But some of the others, you know, who's doing it now? Gucci. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Can you imagine? And they were, what, $1,000, $2,000 a pair? Mm-hmm. I've got good news for you. I uh, found a Rolex watch ad on Facebook, <laughs> and they have Rolex watches uh, reduced to $219 a watch. Really? Yeah. Well, how does that going to make me feel good? <laughs> well, because the regular Rolex is like $29,000. Uh-huh. And, uh, Were these knockoffs? Uh, no, 200? the 29000 Well, ask yourself that. No, I mean... $29,000 to two, 219 and And they said, they the ad says they're not knockoffs, but... Shh. Come on, you know. Then I would send yours in, though 550 pairs that you've got in there. (laughs) A gentleman at church saw the watch on the arm of someone that we gave one to, that you gave one to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From Mexico. It was a fake. And said to them, I didn't know that you had a Rolex, you know, they're very expensive, and I guess looked at our family member like, what in the heck are you doing with Rolex, you know? So so I got uh, the good watches, the good knockoffs uh-huh. from uh, Lucy. Whenever we were in San Diego, she used to trail them for me. In where? In Mexico, in, in Tijuana. Tijuana. 
And yeah. she used to look for the uh, Rolex. The, ra- the way you generally tell if a Rolex is a fake is because it's got a quartz workings in it and the hand jerks. But yeah. once in a while, you will find one that has a sweeping hand. Yeah. And that sweeping hand fake watch will go for about $250. The jerking hand, you can get three for $100. So anyway, I ended up with, uh, what, half dozen? Yeah. <laughs> and there were, there with were a half two, dozen of there. the sweeping hands. Yeah, the sweeping hands. That's what I was going to say. So you gave... Kelly won, and uh, so I think, and he knew it wasn't real, of course. Oh man, there you, you know, <laughs> I know. I'm we're doing it over, right? Oh, okay. So uh, he knew it wasn't real, but he, I think he told me that he wore it to church one Sunday, and so uh, I guess another farmer sitting next to him in church happened to notice it during church, and after church, oh, oh Kelly said, "Man." You know, farming must be doing pretty good. You got a Rolex. And Kelly said, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. He played it up good because he didn't think the guy, you know, knew that it was a fake. It's bound to be a fake. And so Kelly Times says, oh, no, it, you know, it's a fake. You know, my mom and and, uh, Joe got me that down in Mexico, you know. And uh, the guy just, no. No, he, he he wouldn't believe it was a fake. So maybe to this dying day, that guy thinks Kelly has a, you know, fake or a real Rolex. But, yeah. The uh, thing I remember about the sweeping hand Rolex is uh, Jane Mace, who had a real one. Yeah, um, probably more than one. Yeah, yes, and uh, uh, he did. He paid over $30,000 for his, and uh, whenever I showed up with mine, which had the actual Rolex band Mm -hmm. and the sweeping hand and everything. He said, let me see that. And uh, he said, "Uh, I'm paying you too much. (laughs) He said, this is a real Rolex. And I said, look, look it over real close and see, see what you think. But didn't you take it to a jeweler? Yeah. So we ended up, we were running around down in San Diego. So we took it to a jeweler and, and he, we laid them both down and, uh, and they were both, uh, the same kind, you know, they mm-hmm. got about 10 different kinds mm-hmm. of Rolex watches and, uh, so I said, be sure to separate those so that you <laughs> yeah. don't get them mixed up. Keep your you know? eye on the pea and the pod, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and the uh, uh, the uh, jeweler had to take the my Rolex apart before he could discern that it was uh, a knockoff. But he, I, didn't he make the statement to you that he didn't want to because I think they were so close mm-hmm. that he could not. Tell. Yeah, you know, really? he couldn't tell until yeah. he got inside. and Which is scary. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I think there's something about whenever you go into a Rolex, uh, you know, you got it's got to be a factory uh, person who goes into the Rolex. But anyway, I ended up with half dozen, and I gave them all away. Oh, you don't have any left? I may have a couple. That's what I was starting to say. Yes. And how come you always bought guys? You never would buy a lady's Rolex. Well, uh, because, uh, let's see, what what would be a reason? Uh, Because... uh, I said I wouldn't wear a fake one. 
You know, at this age, you know, this age just for fun, I would wear a fake one. Would you? Yeah, just so people. Oh, no, don't you get me a fake Rolex? No, no, no. Oh, please, Evelyn. You, you know, I think. Uh, come to think of it no. now, I think I did get you one one time, and you and Samantha scoffed at me. <laughs> you wouldn't wear those cheap. Oh, they'll turn my arm brown or green. No, no, you know? it wasn't that. We just didn't want to wear a fake one because we knew whoever would see it would think that's fake. <laughs> well, but anyway. Anyway. Good story. For your 80th birthday. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Don't you uh, On the podcast, no, I'll present it one. to you. No, please. Okay. I'm begging you. Do not, because I will not wear it. Hey, I want to close it out with you begging. <laughs> okay. I'm begging. Please. <laughs> hey, have a great day. You too. I love you so much, darling. I love you, you crazy old man. <laughs> well, you deserve a fake watch. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye, Joe.